Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Morgan steps up. He's run down the sideline. One on one. What a catch! Rashad Bateman, one hand. Well, that was fun watching him for a while. Not going to happen in 2020. I mean, we might not be able to watch any college football in 2020, but we're certainly not going to watch Rashad Bateman play for the Gophers because the breaking news this morning is he opted out. So we'll talk about that. And, you know, if I was the Gophers, I'd. Uh, I'd be looking for some insurance at that wide receiver spot. Oh, that's right. Are you a pro? You're not opting out. I'd be looking for a nice wide receiver insurance policy because a top 20 NFL draft pick is leaving my organization. Unfortunately, I don't know that federated insurance provides wide receiver coverage. Um, Certainly half the teams the Gophers played in the you Big Ten didn't provide wide receiver coverage. Wow. But Federated provides a lot of other assets and protection and coverage for other types of businesses. And you can find a full list of those businesses and industries at federatedinsurance.com. They've been helping Minnesota business owners for over 100 years based in Owatonna, Minnesota. And don't let this pandemic year derail your business if you can uh, tap into the resources at Federated and uh, either preserve or... Maybe even enhance your outlook in 2020. You should do so. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, gentlemen, this was the statement PJ Fleck put out this morning on his social media accounts. Not entirely shocking, but a little bit jarring as a Gopher fan when you actually see it happen here. This morning, Rashad Bateman informed the team that he and his family made the decision to forego his remaining eligibility and focus on training for the 2021 NFL Draft. Rashad played a pivotal role in helping mold the University of Minnesota into an elite Big Ten program. He was a joy to coach, and he has developed into an NFL-caliber player. We could not be more proud of Rashad's historic an all-American career at Minnesota. My job as a college football coach is to teach, educate, and help our players live out their dreams. We will certainly miss him. Our program will always support a teammate who makes the decision that he feels is best for him and his family. I love Rashad and will always be there for him. That's a buzzkill. You could have made it just one word. Damn. Gosh. Damn. So uh, it struck me this morning in seeing – this news, Phil, that we, I think we're having this conversation two weeks ago or so. What team in this town was the most adversely impacted by the fallout of 
COVID-19, right? And I think at that time I said the Twins, potentially, because the Twins were built for 162 and a real run. Uh, And I believe my second choice or my other choice, go for football. All right. This is cleared up now. All right. Go for football wins. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Think about this. Twins are good. Well, and they, it, they lose, I think. No, but they, but it. no, but they, but they win. They, <laughs> they win your they twisted win my, contest. They win my twisted COVID nineteen. What team in this town suffers the most? Because the Twins should be good for a while. The Twins are going to play. Like they're getting a chance to play, and they're getting a chance to to play for the most part with their best players, of course. And we'll talk about this. They do have some guys hurt, but nonetheless. I told you, and I'm dead serious, and I know it's a hot take, but I'm serious here. I really believe if Rashad Bateman had played for the Gophers in 2020, that we were going to be able to embark on a debate about who was the best wide receiver, just pure talent-wise, okay? Not skill, not savvy, not veteran type of deal. But who was the best pure wide receiver in this town? And I'm including Thielen and Jefferson. Rashad Bateman, to me, Tyler Johnson's really damn good, okay? And I think he might have a good career in Tampa Bay, taking nothing away from Tyler Johnson. Rashad Bateman, in what I saw in my time watching Gopher football, easily the most talented, God-given ability wide receiver to play for that program in the time that I've seen them play. Congratulations, the Gophers. And it's so Gopher-like, right? It's so go for it. And P.J. Fleck might be here for 20 years, and I don't know, we might win a national championship. But just as far as the expectations for this program and saying, oh, my gosh, you got Bateman back, and Tanner uh, is going to benefit by him being there, and all of the things that appeared to be falling in place at the end of the bowl game last January, and go back to the Penn State game, right? All of those things, and you said, this season could be really special. And you've got Rashad Bateman, and now, and I don't blame the kid one bit, just to be clear here, don't blame him one bit, but now we're never going to get to see him play again for this program, and that is, as a sports fan, a damn shame. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack here. There's so much to unpack. Number one, just from a Rashad Bateman standpoint, this is the right call. I mean, this is, now, is there a chance that, he he opted out early here, and they go forward with a season, and his value drops because let's say there's some modified season that includes nine or ten games, and an LSU receiver jumps over him or something. Or like, could there be receivers that play football in 2020 that actually decrease? Like right now, I think if if the NFL draft took place right now, based on what we saw last season. And you and you and you just start with all the players who are eligible for this upcoming NFL draft. I actually think he's a top fifteen or twenty draft pick. I think he's one of the first two or three wide receivers off the board. Sure. I don't know if he's the first wide receiver off the board, but I think he's for sure a first round pick, mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe top half of the first round. So, like, could he could he lose his draft stock and and fall into the second round? Sure, but like he's an NFL player. No matter what, the worst case scenario at this point because he's not going to get hurt unless he gets hurt in training. It's a good decision for him because he avoids injury. He avoids contracting COVID against some crappy Big Ten opponent in the trenches, right? Sure. Um, and I can't really rip him for this decision. But in terms of a lot to unpack, this was supposed to be 
a step forward in a crescendo off of the Gophers season last year in which they went 11-2 and and beat Auburn in a New Year's Day bowl game. This was supposed to be, if COVID hadn't hit, maybe the best and most anticipated season of Gophers football yep. in 50 years, if not ever. Yes. And now it, it's hard to imagine, even if they do play some weird modified season with no fans, it's hard to envision them reaching whatever the heights we thought they could reach. It's hard to envision them reaching those heights without one of the best offensive weapons in college football. So, like, as a Gopher fan uh, who's been waiting for this for a long time, it's a buzzkill, but I also don't know if the season's going to happen anyways. And then there's the whole Tanner Morgan branch to this. Tanner Morgan, his stock is impacted because he can't throw to, to Rashad Bateman, and I wouldn't be shocked if Tanner Morgan opts out as well at some point. Like, what's the value of Tanner Morgan playing a season here without Rashad I Bateman? Think, I think he need. I think if he possibly can, he probably needs to. Because I don't, I don't I mean, he, know what he his stock right is. Now. He'd get drafted. He'd right get now. drafted right now, but I don't know that, that he would get drafted and get a great chance if he has. If he comes back and has, and they play and has a good year or a very good year, I think that's going to change the perception for the positive for him. So if I'm him, I definitely come back and play. But Bateman not being there, and, and selfishly, let's just get down to as football fans in this town not being able to watch this kid. Like, this kid is, I can't tell you how special I think he is. He he made Mossonian catches last year, and there are very few people. There's a lot of guys who can catch passes, and we have seen a lot of really good players at that position, taking nothing away from those guys, all right? But when you go to the that Mossonian place, it's a special, special place. And and it's your hands, it's your reaction, it's your uh, God-given athletic ability, it's a combination of things. And my anticipation of watching that kid play in 2020, honestly, was probably as high of anticipation as I've had to watch an individual gopher football player since I started watching gopher football. Yeah, Bateman and Morgan were making all kinds of lists, best quarterback, wide receiver tandem, and uh, and, and taking a step forward this year. So it was, I mean... The the upside or the like the peak potential of what we could have watched with those two guys in 2020 was maybe a Heisman combination. I mean, I don't think I don't think either one of those guys was going to win the Heisman, but I think there was a chance that one or both could have been in the mix of like ten Heisman candidates. That is not a stretch to say. So where my mind goes as terrified Gophers fan here, like it's always you know what's the catch or what you know when's the other shoe going to drop? South Bend, Indiana. I just worry that this is step one of a multi-step tumbling of the Gopher football program. It just feels like I know they've got better talent coming in with some of these recruiting classes than they've ever had. So it's not like Rashad Bateman was the only blue chip player they're going to have. Like there's other players that we just haven't really seen play yet that are coming in with some of these recruiting classes. But it's just such a kick to the shins when you've got the best receiver maybe in Gopher history, the best quarterback we've seen in my lifetime, probably. I mean, you could debate a couple guys. Corey Sauter was pretty good in the 90s. Adam Weber was pretty good. Sure. I think Tanner Morgan's better than both those guys. Yeah. And uh, in a year in which they might have actually had a chance to compete and go to the Big Ten championship game. And I just feel like all of this is just going to lead to, like, P.J. Fleck coaching somewhere else in a year. Like, that's where my <laughs> that's mind what goes. That's what I was going to say. You just went to You just went to your second favorite college football program. That's where you immediately – even I didn't go that far. Even I didn't go that far. My first thought was this. One, 
One, I, I guess, is I don't blame the kid for deciding to opt out. I totally get it. But my second thought was, how go for football is this? Like, how go for football is this to have, have as Favre said, the pieces in place, right? The pieces are in place, a special team. Well, and, I, I disagree with that, actually. I think the go for football thing would be like some self-inflicted, idiotic no, but every No, meltdown. but things just work against them, too. I, it's just like at every it throughout the history, it seems like, of this program in the last 50 years. Yes, they've screwed up. They have made mistakes. They, they have um, suffered self-inflicted wounds. I get all that. The other turn with gopher football is, okay, things are seeming pretty good right now. Something's going to go wrong. But something go- going wrong is always they do something to themselves. This is the universe working against the gophers. No, but I'm saying that's, that's go- other But teams. think about it. That's gopher football, too. And I would even say the least gopher football thing ever is having a player good enough that he might be a top 15 overall pick that he can say, I'm opting out. Like, if Rashad Bateman, I don't know, and I haven't like done a deep dive into his reasons, but if Rashad Bateman was just... A random wide receiver who is pretty good. Like he caught oh, yeah. 50 no, pass or fine. something. It'd be fine. He's probably not going to opt out. He's opting out because he's trying to protect the investment. If Ron Johnson NFL. had left, you'd be like, oh, okay, too bad. Yeah. You know, he's a nice player. Nice player. It's going to hurt a little bit. No, but I'm saying Rashad Bateman doesn't opt out if he's not good enough to play. Oh, I thought you were saying be... if a decent player, no. you you wouldn't care as much. I'm I'm saying it's it's a very ungopher like thing to sure. have a player this good who might go I just, in the top fifteen picks. I'm telling you, I I think if the wounds aren't self inflicted, the universe is operating against gopher football as well. And so this just seems to me to be another turn in in this is going to be a really fun year, and you're going to get to see a great player and and I believe probably one of the most dynamic skilled players that we have seen in this program. And the sad thing is to circle back the really Sad thing, you're going to be hard-pressed, rightfully so, to find anyone who says, what the hell was that kid thinking? Everyone is going to, if if you are rational about it, say, I totally get it. I wonder what happens, because I, I, I don't think we're going to have a fall college football season. My gut just says it that, might get moved. That, it would, yeah, that they might bump it to like and early 2021. And, and then people will quit right and left. So that's my question. What happens, let's say oh, the college football season starts in February. Trevor Lawrence will not be playing. All those guys are going to opt out then. Yeah. No, it's going to be, if the college football season starts in February, it's going to be, I think, largely, the look is going to be somewhat JV teams. You're going to have a lot of good players. Because I think, I believe the college football people went to the National Football League and said, would you move your draft to like June? And they're like, uh-uh, no way, no yeah. how. And so if you're if you're going to be drafted in April, are you really going to start playing in February and get hurt? No What's way. funny is baseball does it exactly that way. The ba- know. Now, now obviously, you don't have like immediate impact players coming from college baseball to the pros. They have to go and incubate in the minor leagues. Yep. But those guys get drafted in the – those guys get, get – actually, they don't even get done with their college season. A lot of those guys are playing in the College World Series when yes. they're getting drafted. Yes. And so they're playing for like, you know, in the semifinals of the College World Series. Think about this Series. for a second. Baseball is so screwed up, and we have – taken this as, oh, oh yeah, it's how baseball does things for a long time. But baseball is so dysfunctional and so screwed up 
they are the one league that actually holds their draft on a day they play games. Like, think about that in 2020. I get, you know what, in 1978, nobody cared, right? Yeah, create some moment of interest in, like, December. <laughs> they, they're know? like, we got it's a ridiculous. full slate of games, and by the way, if you tune to MLB Network, we got the draft. So I wonder what the alternative would be there, because at least in college, fo- college football and the NFL, they, the seasons are only four or five months long, and they run parallel, and so there's, like, seven months of offseason yes. where you can pick a mutually agreed-upon date. Yes. Although it's mostly the NFL's date, like, like you said, they don't give a rip about college football. Um, I don't know what like, this is a total side conversation, but when would you hold the Major League Baseball draft? I guess you'd have to hold because the NFL draft takes place at least in the school year still. So if you're a senior, you're still in school. Yeah. Technic- if you're, technically, if, yeah. if you're a college you baseball yeah. senior, you're playing baseball games after you've graduated into June. If your team makes the College World Series, would you then, if you wanted to, if you wanted to do the draft in like November, you'd be telling these seniors, hey, wait, like, yeah, you could six months after you're done with school to <laughs> yeah. see if you get drafted. Wouldn't you at the least, if you're not going to move the month of the baseball draft, wouldn't you at least clear out the day? The, the two things in baseball that yeah, make do it, do that it make no the sense. Break yes, or something. the two things in baseball that well, two things. I'm sorry, two of the things in baseball that make no sense: your draft and your Hall of Fame induction. Your greatest players are held on game days. It is kind of funny. Like, think yeah. about how do you not just clear those days out and be like, this is too... Cannibalizing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, look, at I love how a conversation about Rashad Bateman, everything can it's be... It's so easy to rip baseball. Everything can turn down the street of ripping baseball. If 100%. You try hard. Yes. We just did that. Uh, so last night at Target Field. High fly to deep right center field. Here's what a walk-off winner looks and sounds like in 2020. Twins with their first COVID walk-off win of the year. They improved to 8-2 and two on the season. Mm-hmm. Or what's the math on that? Like 21.5 and 5.1? Jake DePue, Jake DePue, has DePue the math does it every single game, and it's very on point. <laughs> and uh, this is the segment where we break down a baseball game like it's a football game because we're, we're already one-sixth of the way through the entire season now. Mm-hmm. They've played 10 out of 60 games, and uh, we're here to break down this game like it's a football game. Let's start with the biggest question. This is great. The fact that we get to debate nuanced things like this. The Pittsburgh Pirates, Derek Holland, who's been washed up for six years, comes in, Look pitch, at last night. pitches like Roger Clemens in his five prime for five innings. innings, and then the Twins finally get to him. Yeah. And then the Pirates bring in a bunch of wild, can't-throw-strikes relievers, including former Twins hot prospect Nick Birdie at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and the biggest question was, okay, runners on second and third, one out, right? Runners on second and third, one out Correct. Yes, at sir. the time. Our eyes had flown to right field, yes, yep. sir. And so first base is open, mm-hmm. and Nelson Cruz is coming up to the plate, mm-hmm. one of the great hitters in baseball. Nelly, yep. Miguel Sano in the on-deck circle. Yep. And this is Nelson Cruz on not being walked in that spot. Well, I thought maybe they'd pitch around, you know. Um, where they don't walk me the right way, I thought maybe oh, they're going to pitch me around and... If he had a spine, so be patient. But um, I was pretty confident with my approach and what I was looking to do in that situation. Um, and the off. Any walk-off is pretty damn good to me. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty uh, happy watching the guys dance around and uh, not touch each other. It's Baldelli talking about socially distanced yeah. celebration. Sanitizer being sprayed around. Hand sanitizer. So on the, the field. So the the meaning of this segment we do every day is let's break down a baseball game like it's football. Let's look into the intricacies of these baseball games that matter much more than they would if it was 162. Mm-hmm. So did the Pirates make a mistake 
first guess, not second, like second guess, they made a mistake. The game was over. Like, Nelson Cruz is amazing and hit a ball. Did they make a first guess mistake not walking Nelson Cruz in that spot? All right. I'm going to attempt to put myself into the shoes of Derek Shelton. And I'm going to tell you here's why he did not make a mistake, okay? He looks rough, by the way. He, look, he looks yeah. like he's managing the Pirates. Good Lord. I got a feeling Sheltie might be back here in like three years. <laughs> That's a clicker. Sheltie strikes me. <laughs> Shel- I, this is not going to work well. Yeah, he- the Pirates put out a lineup last night, gentlemen, that I'm not kidding you. Um, at least six, if not eight, of the nine guys who started I was like, have I heard of that guy? Josh like Bell. Most Josh lineups. Bell I've heard of. Beyond Josh Bell, it's like. Uh, How many Pirates can you name in the last 15 years? Willie Star- J- Jason Bay. Willie Stargell. Andrew McCutcheon. Omar Moreno. Tony Pena. Andy Vance Lake. Exactly. No, Doug Drabeck. Last fi- seriously, <laughs> since 2000, it's very dicey. We should play a game. For I'm not can, kidding you. Can you, you name 10 Pirates in the last 15 years? I'm not kidding you. It's very <laughs> difficult. So here, here's why I'm going to defend Derek Shelton first guess. If you have a bullpen, which the Pirates do, most teams do. Unfortunately, the Pirates have one that can't throw strikes, okay? And you put Nelson Cruz on first. And Miguel Sano will walk. Like it's not like he won't walk. Miguel yeah. Sano will walk. I think Derek Shelton said, "How am I going to pick my poison? Am I going to walk Cruz, or yeah, am I going to intentionally walk Cruz, put him on first base, and face Sano, and Birdie's not going to find the strike zone, and we're going to walk in the walk off run, or am I going to choose trying to get Cruz out with n- nobody on first base? I think ordinarily Derek Shelton walks Cruz." And I do think that the ordinary first guess is, what are you thinking? But in this case, I really believe that Sheltie has said, I've watched my relievers, and they really can't throw a damn strike. Yeah. So what the hell? Because we'll probably, and, and in his mind, he probably thought to himself, we're probably going to walk Cruz anyway, if nothing else, unintentionally. And so that's my guess. Yeah, so I actually thought you were going to disagree on this, but you hit the nail on the head. You're 100% right. And what I loved is last night, I was laying in bed after that game last night, arguing with people about whether that was the right strategic tactical move by the Pirates. Love Twitter. We're sitting here. I don't know what's going to happen with this baseball season, but last night, damn it, we got to debate a strategic tactical move or lack thereof. Yes at the end of a baseball game. And if you're Derek Shelton then you're sitting in that spot, because so many, even even Royce, we can talk to him later in the show. Royce was kind of dunking on Derek Shelton, like, why would you not walk well, it does Nelson seem, Cruz? It does seem dumb at first. To put, it, to put it clearly, the game was over as soon as runners moved to second and third with yes. one out. Yes. The game was over. Yes. You either you either pitched to Nelson Cruz in that spot, and there's I would say there's like, the reason you pitched to Cruz in that spot is everything you just said. If you walk him, now Nick Birdie, who is the third consecutive reliever they brought in with zero chance to find the strike zone, you leave no margin for error, and Miguel Sano is either going to be sitting on a 2-1 pitch or a 3-1 pitch and belt it anyways, or he's going to walk and the game is over. At least give yourself a chance to pop up Nelson Cruz. And that's they're picking their poison at that point. I would have walked Cruz. 100%. 100%. Now, Miguel Sano can't find the strike zone. You you have a good chance of getting him out way more than Nelson Cruz. And who was on deck after Sano? Was it Marwin? Kepler was. Kepler. And Kepler would probably. They were dead. <laughs> I would have walked him. I would have totally walked but, him. But, but Sano will walk. Nelson Cruz is the best hitter on this lineup. But Sano will walk, and Birdie would have walked him. Yeah, if you start, to play, if you start to play percentages here, Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz makes an out 50% of the time in that spot. So what they're saying is, 
we're going to take that coin flip with Nelson Cruz that 50 to 60% of the time he makes an out in that spot so that there's two outs and now we've got some leeway here and we can we can and we can maybe even bait Sano into a strikeout. The problem is if you put if you put Nelson Cruz on first base, you, we can't just say well Miguel Sano's going to chase like Miguel Sano is going to get up there and he's going to take a strike. So like now it's on Nick Birdie. If you walk Nelson Cruz, think about this margin. If you walk Nelson Cruz, you have to throw a first pitch strike to Miguel Sano or the game is over. Cuz if it's 1 and 0, now Sano's hunting for a pitch. And you, you just hit two get, home yeah, runs the other day. Clever, yeah. That's where, that's where I stand. I, I guess if I look at it, who have a better who has a better chance of striking out, Miguel Sano or Nelson Cruz? Uh, Miguel Sano strikes out more often for sure. So I, I would have probably taken my chance that Miguel Sano is going to chase a bad pitch yeah. or two and strike out or pop up. These are the fun decisions Sometimes, that opposing pitchers you know have to what? make yeah. against the Twins. You know what? Right. Baseball as football, gentlemen. Sometimes you got to wave the white flag. Football and Shelty did, and Shelty, I guarantee you, went back to his room. And crushed eighteen buds. Okay, <laughs> seriously. Uh, okay, I am about to. I am about to take one situation in the bottom of the ninth last night and ask you guys a question that is going to make your head spin. It's breaking baseball down so much. All right, it's a small thing, but I seriously, Football. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the strategy and the decision of the man on base here. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So. The Twins have um, Polanco pinch hits to start the ninth. Has a marvelous at-bat. Oh, yeah. Dumps a single to left, but this is a great at-bat because he, he was behind Birdie's stuff, and you could tell the at-bat was uncomfortable for Polanco, but he kept fouling pitches off. Yeah, he had and a couple like, really weird. Bad swings. swings. Yeah. Bad swings, but he but it's it's just a it's just a professional plate appearance. Okay. So he's on first. Garver walks. God bless him because he's struggling. But Mitch Garver walks. Arise comes up and flies out to right center on that really weird play where the right fielder for the Pirates, almost Caridia, catches a ball that should have been the center fielder's ball, and the center fielder should have called him off. Okay, that's all fine. Here's Here's my question, and am I missing something here? Polanco tags and goes to third. Easy. Standard. Easy peasy. Should do that. Garver tags and goes to second and almost gets thrown out going to second. Mm-hmm. Why did Garver tag? You only need the run from third to score. He tagged He he tagged because his run doesn't matter. Okay. And it's more advantageous for him to be standing on second base than first base. Because if he's standing at first base with the next batter, now there's a force at second. Yep. Okay, but he almost got thrown out, which would have created two outs. But he didn't. He didn't, and I, I wouldn't say almost. It was very close. It, I think it was. It was closer than it should have been. And also the the way that was almost a dangerous collision. I think Garber read it perfectly because no matter what that center fielder right field was going to have to turn and throw. It would have been an unorthodox throw. He definitely made the right decision yeah. to tag. I think. Well, so let's let's unpack it. This is great because this, this is, is no, but I, this is a serious it. discussion about base running philosophy yeah, on great. tagging from first base. I absolutely there, there's, lo- there's a lot of risk and reward here. So n- n- number one, your run doesn't matter. Yep, because the winning run is in front of you, which is what mm-hmm. I thought immediately. So your first goal is don't make a dumb out, which is what you're basically saying. Correct. Like, don't make a dumb. Don't out, make right? that second out yep. and take out the sack fly. But if you can, if you can make sure that you've accomplished the first thing, which is don't make a dumb out. Okay. So if he feels like he's not in danger of making a dumb out, then yep. the second question is, how can I improve the base out state for my team right now? Okay. Standing on having runners on second and third base in that spot, 
Nelson Cruz comes up, if if runners are on first and third, it's actually a no-brainer. You pitch to Nelson Cruz because you're hoping to get a ground ball double play in that spot to end the inning. Okay. So when when there's runners on second and third, you don't have a force at second. So now a ground ball up the middle ends the game. Like there's just so many more ways to end the game if there's runners on second and third. If there's a ground ball up the middle, you could turn a double play and end the inning. Mm-hmm. So he so so Mitch Garver's thinking if I can get to second base here safely, and I'm not like super. At, I'd have to go see the play again to see just how close it was because I don't remember just how close it was. Um, it it was absolutely a heady thing to do. I think most guys in most situations are going to go halfway. Well, going halfway doesn't matter. Your run doesn't matter. Yeah. So when that ball goes in the air, he's thinking, I'm going to tag if I can to put more pressure on the defense. Runners on second, third. Oh man. Um, and also, also, down. here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So that ball is caught. In like relatively, I would say medium depth right field. It was, like it wasn't. It was. So he's also thinking if there's a throw, a large percentage of the time that throw goes to third base to try and get Polanco, and so I can just I can just tail him into second base anyways, and uh, they're not even going to make a play on me. So he might have actually been. Did the throw go into second base? It did. So he might have actually been caught a little by surprise that the throw went into second base and not to third the base throw, to try and get Polanco. The throw went to second because the collision. For if if that ball is caught clean, Garver doesn't go to second, and the throw definitely goes to third. Yeah. But because the collision almost occurred, the right fielder pivoted quickly and saw Garver then going to second. It, it was just an intriguing play. That yes, there, there were definite risk reward circumstances uh, to take into account for Guy in first base. But that's breaking it down. There it is. Uh, the other thing to break down, Rich Hill. <laughs> On the 10-day injured list with, I guess you're calling it discomfort, shoulder discomfort. Uh, fatigue, shoulder fatigue. fatigue. Shoulder fatigue follow, um, and, and he didn't make his first start in game two of the season against the White Sox because of shoulder inflammation, and that's what backed him up to the Cardinals game, and now it turns out he had shoulder fatigue and back soreness okay. against the Cardinals on Wednesday when, when he pitched five and pitched absolutely marvelously. So I think my biggest question is, who the hell starts for the Twins the next two weeks? Oda Rizzi's got to come back at some point. But right now, he's on the injured he list. He might be back this weekend. Might be. I say might uh, against the Royals. Your starting rotation right now of the of the five guys, I should add, actually, of the six guys that were in the mix to be in the starting rotation, including Michael Pineda, yep. four of those six are either sidelined due to suspension or 10-day injury list. Homer Bailey, Rich Hill, and Jake Odorizzi. So Jose Barrios and Kenta Maeda are the only two healthy, actual arms from uh, your... Uh, well, Scheduled rotation. Randy Dobnik, man. Don't disrespect the Dob. Don't disrespect the Dob. He wasn't scheduled. Don't disrespect the Dob. So Randy Dobnik's your number three starter. Yes, he is. And now you're basically trying to figure and Lewis out. Lewis Thorpe started last night and gave up a home run in the very yeah. first pitch of the game. Are to they- a guy by the name of, hold on a second, I've got it, Cole Tucker. Yeah. Have you heard of Cole Tucker before last night? Nope. Uh, no. No. Sounds, again, like a guy yeah. who went to my high school. I've never heard of him. So are they at some point, so Jorge Alcala, who came in and threw Blazes 97 last yes. night. It was great to see. And him. allowed kind of a cheap run. So he comes in, but he's not, he he was converted to a reliever last year. He's not really stretched out to be a starter, and I don't think he has the control to be a starter. Yep. Who's going to start? Is Sean Poppin going to start? Ugh. Is Devin Smeltzer going to get <laughs> stretched back out? We don't like to talk about that. Would, would they, Rocco don't like to talk about that. Would they consider... Would they consider calling up Yon Duran, their top pitching That's prospect? My, that becomes my question. He's only made seven appearances above a ball, though. That's the only thing. Right, like, but my my question is, is is he the next guy up? Boy. I, I, do, I do have a Rich Hill theory for you, though. I do have a Rich Hill theory. And I, actually, 
elaborated on this um, when I got home on scorenorth.com last night, okay? Homer Bailey being out, he'll be back, okay? And, and eventually, I think he'll be, if necessary, replaced by Pineda. So Homer Bailey being out is too bad, but it's just too bad. Odorizzi being out is a problem, but I think he's going to be back soon. Here's my Rich Hill. Here's my best case Rich Hill scenario with a theory that that I've spun a little bit. of. Are they doing this on purpose? And, and I think we've discussed this too, Phil. Are they doing it with the idea of Rich Hill breaks down a lot? 16 years in the big leagues now, 15 trips to the DLIL. I appreciate your conspiracy theory. Are they, it's, I think it's too early for that to for this to be a strategic deal. That's but situation. but the, but the twins the twins think in odd ways, and by odd I mean they think in ways that no. we ordinarily don't think. <laughs> no. are, are, are the twi- are the twins are the twins saving innings for October by doing this? And and I'm not saying that Rich Hill is fine right now. Okay, he's probably got fatigue in in his shoulder, and he probably has inflammation, and he's a forty. Year old guy, he's ten years younger than me, and I'm old as dirt. Well, okay? if he has inflammation in his shoulder, then he's on the injury list because he has inflammation. I'm just, in his I'm shoulder. just saying. I wonder if they're be, I wonder if they're trying to be as cautious as possible to save as many Rich Hill innings because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, the Twins are going to the playoffs. I don't think it was. They that. would have to decline, just like the Vikings. They would have to decline that invitation. It was not much to ask going into a sixty game season. Hey, Rich, can you make ten starts for us and go five or six innings? Can he give us 55 innings over the course of the regular season? The answer is no. And the answer is no. And he's going to be out for at least two more starts. I still think it's a good signing. And if he's ready to go, this is the best part. The more they rack up wins early with 16 teams making the playoffs. Yes. And and by the way, there's no discernible advantage to being the number one right. seed. Yeah, come to my there's, there's no Come like, on, keep talking. There's no like home crowd advantage no. that you would get. There's not going to be fans. And you're playing right away. There's no bye. There's no nothing. Yeah, you're all it's all three game series. Yes. If, if there was if there was a distinct advantage to boy, if you win your division, you can avoid a crapshoot wild card round, which I would love to see at some point in baseball. Uh, then I'd be sitting here saying, that's nice that they're off to a hot start, but you have to maintain this. Mm-hmm. They're in the playoffs. They're eight and two to start the year. I think if you finish anywhere at 500 or above, you are for sure among the 16 teams in the playoffs. So they would have to play, what, eight games below 500, four games below, whatever the math. They have to play and terrible you've got, baseball. And you've, got a, below. and you've got a slew of games. You've got 10 games left against the Royals. So, um, right. So you're going to make the playoffs at this point because of your hot start, and there's, there's only 50 games left. So regardless of whether they're playing it safe with some of these guys and Odorizzi or not, you should now be planning for everyone to be as healthy as possible in October. Yes. Period. So, um, yes, that's you, what I'm saying. No, but what you're saying is Rich Hill's on the disabled list because they're pulling trickery. When no, I'm, he's on the disabled because he's old and has inflammation in his shoulder. What What I'm saying is there are only so many bullets that Rich Hill has to offer in his pitching arm, and they're saving the, as many as they possibly can yeah. for October. That's what That's what I'm saying. He's going to go find some bullets because he's out of bullets right now. He Listen. Listen, we saw Wednesday night what Rich Hill can do. Do you want? Do you need to see that against the Royals or the Pirates, or would you prefer to see that in a best two of three playoff round? Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying, let's, let's, let's keep our minds open to the trickery, and and the the baseball is football philosophy here. If you got a big old nose tackle, big old fat guy that you that, and he's wearing down in week four. Don't you try and get him some reps off so he's fresh in week 16? Uh, yeah, but I, but again, this isn't strategic. 
he can't pitch because he's old and has inflammation in his shoulder. You might be right, but what if it's a little bit of both? I'm trying to give you best case here, okay? I'm trying to, I'm trying to come here and give you the best case scenario because the worst case is he's broken down and you're going to have to stick him out and the trash man's going to take him away. I don't like that. Declan, do you agree with Judd's conspiracy argument here? No, I do not. Of course I don't. I, Rich Hill is just a little banged up and I'm not worried that they're he's trying not to a little banged him. up. He's not necessarily a little ba- banged no. up. Phil's right. He's old he and the arm. He might be cooked. He could be cooked. Okay, but it's within the realm of possibility. But but I would much prefer to find out that he, not find out that he's cooked right now by pitching him against the bleeping pirates. Yeah, or what? You could literally, if Rocco Baldelli, who as we record this, is going to hold a press conference at eleven o'clock this morning, and it's right now ten thirty-five. If Rocco Baldelli got on a Zoom call right now and said, "Okay, we've had some changes," went Belichick. He said, "All right, we've had some changes." And the press said, what are the changes, Rocco? And Rocco said, next three games against the Pirates, Goff, Mackey, Zolgander starting. We'd have a fighting chance to win those games, okay? I don't know. Derek Holland More people have heard of Phil Mackey, Declan Goff, and Judd Zolgad than Cole Tucker, Kevin Newman, Josh Osuna, Brian Reynolds, Philip Evans, Guillermo Heredia, Jacob Stallings, and Eric Gonzalez. And those were eight of the nine guys in the Pirates lineup last night. PNC Park is going to be a beautiful setting for a game on Wednesday night. Wouldn't I would, you like I would, to start? I wouldn't mind hanging out. Wouldn't you like to PNC start Park. that game? That, that game felt like the Broncos game against the Vikings this last year, where the Broncos jump off that early lead, and they were, like, they come were on, just guys. like, are, is this really happening? Are we, gonna, are we down 4 nothing mm. in the seventh to this Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates team? Max Kepler, we haven't talked about him. Max Kepler is ridiculously good at baseball. Yes. For him to sit on that uh, lefty-lefty matchup like that and drive that ball to center field, that was the game-changing hit. The center fielder uh, might want to judge that a little bit better. Hey, when there's he was rockets, so, when there's he was so at the confused. Plate. Okay, last thing, last thing, please. We got to get to Greeny. Byron Buxton. Got to admit, I'm a little bit concerned about those at bats last Timing's night. Timing's low. He also hasn't faced major league pitching in over a year. Over a year. And so he's going to need more than like five games to really get his timing down. Okay. He's not Nelson Cruz. I just, want, I just want the at-bats to begin to look competent again. And last night, the at-bats did not look competent. They, they might not, I'm not for a while. I'm not just, good I'm just enough. saying, like, see a little bit more. He's not good enough to not face major league pitching for like 13 months and then roll out of bed and be great. So we'll have to see what happens. Football. That's breaking down a Twins game. Like it is a football game, uh, Twins day game today, and then they continue the home-and-home home series against Pittsburgh at uh, PNC Park later this week. On the other side of this quick message for our friends at Luther Toyota, we'll catch up with Mike Greenberg, who's become a friend of the show. He's got a new radio show coming up on uh, ESPN Radio and uh, and Score North as well. So we'll talk to him about that and recklessly speculate, plus old tweets exposed. And I also, before the end of the show, want to draw up a plan. Baseball's lack of a bubble might actually blow up the season. I have a bubble plan to unveil at some point here later in the show. But let's talk about Luther here. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. My family and I have been going to the same place for over 30 years. And uh, we can tell you from firsthand experience, the experience you get from a service perspective and from a showroom and and new vehicle, used vehicle perspective is uh, pretty much unmatched in the Twin Cities. And you're going you're gonna to wind up connecting with some of the most friendly and best, most knowledgeable people in the industry. And you're going to drive some of the most durable, safe vehicles in the world. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. All right, welcome back. Mackie and Judd here, available via Apple, Spotify, and also ScoreNorth.com. Our guest on this segment, you can find him on Get Up every morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. 
on ESPN and his new ESPN radio show, The Mike Greenberg Show, starting Monday, August 17th here on Score North from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. He has been a friend of the show for the past couple years. We like to unveil new segments with him and clown around. Mike Greenberg, thanks for coming on. And uh, are you are you pumped to get back into daily radio? I am. And I, I'm telling you, I'm being 100% sincere when I say that my appearances on this show were a factor in that because um, I have enjoyed um, some of this nonsense that you guys make up. And um, I, I, I uh, look forward to doing that again. I thought to myself, that is fun, and it's something that we can do a little bit on the TV show, as hence the stuff that I've stolen from you. Um, <laughs> but it's not as easy to do on TV as it is to do on the radio. So I, I now plan to um, steal almost everything you do, um, and I look forward to that with great anticipation. So, Mike, what, what is the first thing, uh, what is under the A column of things that you are going to steal from day one of the new show? Um, I plan to do nothing but but uh, Twin City sports. Um, there you go. I, I, I Kirk Cousins. I'll, I'll open with Cousins. Um, I'll work my way over to the sale of the Timberwolves. Um, I'll get a thought or two in on the Twins, um, and 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 that will be where we start. And and then I'll I'll probably bring on Richard Pitino. There you go. So that's that's pretty much the plan. And. Um, you know, at that point, I think they may drop you guys and just run me, you know, back again. On- well, actually, <laughs> I was going to say, don't don't say that. We had we, we we had a few things happen on May first, but we are still alive. Dang it! So, <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I didn't know that. I, I, it is such crazy times. It's yeah. you know, I, I, it, I I'm looking forward to coming back. The, the the serious answer to your question about what I'm excited about in coming back is something you guys already know, and that is that there is an intimacy in the relationship that you have with your audience in radio that does not exist in television. And, and, and the way I would describe it, and I love hosting my TV show, and I'm by no means planning to stop anytime soon, but the difference between TV and radio is that on television, you're talking to your audience, and on radio, you're talking with your audience. And um, I've missed that at times, and I'm looking forward to the chance to do it again. So, you know, you... For 18 years on Mike and Mike, uh, this is a bit of a blank radio canvas for you because you're coming in. I'm I'm assuming you're going to have a slate of contributors and guests and people to play off of, and I'm sure there will be monologues. But when you look at this blank radio canvas, what do you want? How how would you want, let's say in a year from now, when it's fully honed the way that you want it to be honed, how do you want people to describe your show? How how will it land for, for, for the audience once you get it honed? I think I don't I don't want to oversell it. I, I think my hope is that people will say it is the single greatest show in the history of the media. Clearly, I think that's yeah. a reasonable, <laughs> that's a good one, realistic <laughs> intention. I like it. Um, and anything short of that will be a colossal failure. Let's let's not set the let's not set the stage. Look, <laughs> I launched Get Up. All right, I know what that's like. <laughs> I, I know what it's like to have the entire world focused on, on, on literally everything you do and every mistake you make and every imperfection you have. So I'm fully expecting that to be the case again in a couple of weeks. Um, the difference is this time I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, I've, I've, I'm very confident I haven't forgotten how to do this. Um, I think that anyone who listened to my old show will find uh, what we're going to do very familiar. And um, I'm going to cover the news of the day. And, and the one thing I would say I'm the most excited about is that in this time slot, you know, look, I've been doing mornings between radio and TV for the last 22 years. 
is I almost never get breaking news, you know. Um, I'm not on a time of day where anyone gets fired or hired or traded or things like that. And, you know, those are fun. And on the rare occasion when those things do happen, when we have breaking news on my show, I love it. I love doing stuff on the fly. I love ripping up everything we had planned and, and just, you know, getting the reporters on and, and going full after a, a big news story. And I'm, I'm anticipating that from noon to two, my time, um, that that is going to be something I get to do regularly. And that I would say is the thing I'm most excited about and, and the biggest difference between what I've been doing and what I've done in the past and what I'm planning to do now. Geeky question here, Mike, but so when, when you do this, take me through what your day is going to be like as far as trying to watch late games, get up to do the TV show, stick around to do the new show, um, just as far as, as sort of spacing out your work and trying to get some sleep. What's a day going to be like for you once the radio show starts? Oh, it's no change. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wasn't sleeping between noon and two anyway. So uh, I'm not a napper, all, all kidding aside. I've been doing mornings now since November of 1999. Um, and what I, I've tried everything when it comes to sleep. And what I have found, honestly, is that napping, um, I feel worse. I, I don't know if, uh, how many other people, I'm sure lots of people listening to this conversation have experimented with napping in their lives. And I know some people love it. They feel great. They sleep in shifts. Um, and, and I cannot do it. I feel way, way, way worse. Um, so it should, it's not going to change my life at all. I've had no trouble with this. I, I have good you know, work-life balance. It, it's not been a problem for me at all. Um, and so I, this shouldn't change anything I've been doing. Uh, and, and you can find the new show in addition to Get Up Every Morning on ESPN Television from 7 to 9 a.m., the Mike Greenberg Show, debuting as part of ESPN Radio's new lineup, starting Monday, August 17th, 11 to 1 Central Time, Monday through Friday, right here on Score North. And and since we have you and we like to have fun with you and we, we like to uh, debut segments, we'd like to do two things here. We'd like to we'd like to spend a couple minutes on an oldie but a goodie segment, and then we do have another new segment for you uh, before we say goodbye. But let's start. With, let's start with this reckless speculation. He's taking notes right now. The oldie but a goodie here. So this morning, you guys talked about Aaron Rodgers on Get Up and Matt Lafleur. It's hilarious that the Packers, Vikings rival the Packers here. They draft a quarterback in the first round. Aaron Rodgers comes out very publicly and tries to diffuse it and talk about the reality and the podcast with the Ringer. And it's all out there. He knows the writing's on the wall. It's okay. He's basically saying it's okay. I get it. Uh, I'm not going to make it a big deal. And then Matt LaFleur makes it a big deal by saying, we'd like to have Aaron around for a long time, but nothing's guaranteed. So here's my question to you in the reckless speculation, Ben. We think it would be hilarious here in Minnesota if another legendary Packers quarterback left Green Bay and wound up finishing their career with the Vikings. Do you think that's possible? And if not, where do you think Rodgers finishes his career, whenever that may be? It's certainly possible. Now, what what other terms refresh my memory what did cousins just sign for two guaranteed years and then a third year that probably gets restructured so basically after 2021 uh, both aaron Rodgers' contract and kirk cousins contract become much more easy to get out from underneath yeah that's very convenient um i think that makes all the sense in the world why not uh, he knows the division he's he's comfortable in the in the midwest in general um i would think an older quarterback might like the idea of playing in a dome um, so are they, wait, 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 the new stadium, not a dome. 
No, I it's mean, a, it's, it's not a dome, but it's inside. It, it's inside. It, it no, it like fits. An, it's an alien spacecraft. Okay. It fits yeah. your criteria. Sorry, lost my lost my train of thought there, or lost my recollection for a second. Okay, so I yes, do I think it makes sense? Yes, do I think the I think the my gut feeling is Aaron is a California guy, and I'm surprised that Brady didn't go out to California if there was an option, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if Rogers does. So depending on how the rookie plays in over the next two years with the Chargers, I think that's one to mm. keep an eye on. Depending on what happens with golf with the Rams. That's one to keep an eye on. And then the big one, I think, is what happens with Garoppolo in San Francisco. I, I think that there were people as, as successful as they were last year, and, and G generally was, I think there are people in that organization that would have considered moving on from Garoppolo after this year, which is incredible if you think about it. And two years from now, I certainly think if he hasn't, um, doesn't have everyone sold there, that feels like a real possibility. Rogers is a Northern California kid. So I think if you ask me to recklessly speculate, that's the place I would put him. Reckless speculation. But the juiciness, Greeny, of uh, Aaron pulling the Farvinian move of going to the hated Vikings would be, again, so much just, fun. Just don't have it end the same way Brett did in, in You know New what? Orleans. 2009 was fun, man. I mean, unfortunate, but fun. It was a great season. I, I thought he was should have won MVP that year, to yeah. be honest with you. And, you know, he throws the one terrible pass at the end because that's what Brett Favre does. <laughs> and it winds up costing you everything. Rodgers doesn't throw that pick. I mean, the difference nope. between Brett and Aaron is Aaron doesn't throw that pick ever. He's never thrown that in his whole life. Um, so, and do I think that he might like the idea of doing what Favre did but actually winning it there? Um, I do. So, I wouldn't put it beyond the realm of possibility at all, but 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 I my my first thought would be San Francisco. All right, we have another couple minutes here, and then we have to let Greeny go. So we're going to debut quickly a new segment here. And actually, we test ran this segment thanks to our guy Chancy and Fargo, loyal listener. He introduced this to us a couple months ago. It's a segment we like to call "Can We Stop?" And we found a soundbite that we think intros this fairly well. If you're an old school wrestling fan, will you stop? Can we stop? So I'll give you an example, Greeny, and then you can follow me up here, putting you on the spot mm-hmm. a little bit. So uh, can we stop ripping the runner on second base rule in Major League Baseball for extra innings? This is one of the most exciting things to happen to baseball next to the wild card games being instituted six years ago. Baseball has very few exciting must-watch things. In fact, throughout the regular season, there's very few times where you have to tune in to a baseball game. If it's extra innings, and it's the Yankees and the Red Sox, or here the Twins and the Indians, and there's a runner on second base to start the 10th, and it's and it's one week before the playoffs. That's exciting, and baseball needs more exciting things. So can we please stop ripping the runner on second base in the 10th inning? Will you stop? All right, Greeny, go I ahead. I love it. Oh, I mean, I have so many. <laughs> Let me say this. this uh, you can expect this to debut on my new radio <laughs> show on August 17th. This is great. Um, I mean, I don't even know. I, I, mean, I have so many to choose from. Can we stop pretending that everything in baseball is sacrosanct and it's working just fine as it is? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a 17-year-old son who was sports crazy who couldn't be less interested in watching a baseball game. I can't pay him to come to a Yankee game with me. Wow. Um, and he loves all sports. And the reason that he isn't interested in is because, too many, in many people's opinion, it is boring. I love it, but many, many, many people, all of them younger than me, think it's boring. So can we stop pretending that every single thing in the game that they've been doing since 1870 is sacrosanct and that if we change it, we're somehow 
haters or missing the point. Can we stop flopping in basketball? I mean, I, I can't watch it anymore. It's so <laughs> aggravating. It, it's just the worst. Um, I'm trying to give you a good football one. Um, you know what? And they've, they've almost done away with the kickoff as it is, so maybe it doesn't matter. But can we stop with the illegal block in the back on every kick return? There's not one kick return in the NFL that ever holds up. It's like the best play in the whole sport, and it's, there's always an illegal block in the back. I don't know if the answer is allowing blocks in the back or just looking in the other way or something. And there probably isn't going to even be a kickoff in mm. football anymore in a couple of years. So that's probably an irrelevant one. But I must say, I love the idea of this segment. Another one for Green the coming out on fire. Will you stop? Another one for the NFL can just simply be, can we stop with the Browns? Can we just stop <laughs> with the Browns? Or for you, can we stop with the Jets? Let's, let's just be uh, I mean, we're never going to stop with the Jets. I'd give anything to stop with the Jets. Um, but unfortunately, I was born into this, and I just can't seem to shake it. You poor guy. You, you've you got the Jets. You probably got the Mets and the Knicks. Like, uh, I mean, that's just not fun right I'm now. I'm proud of that. I'm doing great. Yeah. I mean, the, Met, the Mets are just a colossal mess. Cespedes went AWOL and just quit the team. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And, 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 it was, and, and for the Mets, they just call that Sunday. Exactly. And they yeah. did, yes. Yep. Will you stop? Mike Greenberg, thanks for hanging out with us. You can find the Mike Greenberg show starting two weeks from uh, from today as we record this year, August 17th, 11 to 1, Monday through Friday on Score North. And uh, we look forward to doing it again sometime, Mike. I always enjoy thanks, it. Green. Thanks, guys. All right, Greeny. Take care, man. <gasps> All right. Every Tuesday on the show, Declan goes back into the Twitter archives and he holds us accountable for tweets sent out between the years 2009 and 2020. Judd and I have both been on Twitter for 11 years. We call this Old Tweets Exposed. Hat tip to Freezing Cold Takes, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, which does this to all of the talking heads. So, uh, all right, Declan, what do you got for us here? A little hard to see there. Sorry about that. But uh, just a year ago, Lewis Thorpe was on the mound for the Twins, looking pretty solid. And Phil Mackey goes, Lewis Thorpe is a savage on the mound. Last night, I can explain. Lewis Thorpe. Did not look so hot, so Phil Mackey, please explain yourself. I can explain. Okay. okay. Explain. It's it's a it's a two part I think I might have even just been kind of kidding here. That's what I'm gonna say anyways. He does kind you of look really like he that. looks like a caveman a little bit. He's got like the long hair and I don't know, he's like have you seen Wait, that guy's social on. media accounts? Was that but, your real intention? But my real intention with this is we are on July twenty second, two thousand nineteen. I believe we are like a couple weeks after Aaron Boone went off on that home plate umpire and said, my guys are bleeping savages in that box. Savages. Tighten it up. So I am just recalling Aaron Boone. I'm I'm just I'm just blending myself into pop culture. Are you sure that's what you're doing? Pop culture. I mean, that sounds That's really good now, but is the, I, I was going to say, but do you have any I'm recollection of it. why you really called I, Lewis Thorpe a savage? I totally remember you tweeting something about Lewis Thorpe a year ago after. So when I was watching the start last night, I was like, I remember Mackey did something with Lewis Thorpe. And go and behold, he did not delete a tweet. There it was on the mound. By the way, look he at was this, a savage. Look at this. This is a high engaging tweet. 245 yeah. likes on this. He must have boy, honestly okay. had a good appearance or something. Something must have happened. Yeah, this really resonated Lewis with Lewis Thorpe people. and a bunch of people in Australia liked it a lot. That's what happened. Yeah. Lewis Thorpe got home. He's like, hey, mate, that Mackie likes me. All right, let's see what Judd has tweeted All in right. the past year. It's got to be something good. So, Judd, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to throw you out here just because of this take, because it's a reasonable take at the time. But you said if the Cavs oh, yeah. approached oh, Smith right good. now yeah. and yes. said, we'll yes. give you a happy 
Fat Chance, Kevin Love, back for Wiggins, Flip would just laugh at him. Yes! <laughs> January yes! 31st, That's a good one. And 15. Ooh, boy. Good. That's so awesome. Had a and what did another Matt... Wiggins one that I'm using for next week. And what did Matt say below then? Yeah, he would if Cavs offered love for oh, yeah. Bennett and Also, the, the replies back are pretty great here. So did, did they like my tweet at the time, or did they not like the tweet? They did. Okay. That's hilarious. So, so That's a great one. In that moment, <laughs> you are uh, very high on Andrew Wiggins in that spot. And I think, Oh, look at that. Justin then said, Wiggins is going to be what scouts thought, a star. <laughs> oh, were we all on the Kool-Aid? Oh, boy. Actually, can we keep scrolling through these replies? This is great. These people need to have their receipts thrown back at them, okay? <laughs> with, along with me. <laughs> all these Wiggins lovers. It's those three. But <laughs> and then it stopped. All right, there it is. <laughs> but still. Amazing. I mean, so oh, were that's you, a good how find, How long Dex. were you high on Wiggins for? I don't remember you being high on Wiggins. You know what? I honestly think it, it was a day-to-day, game-to-game basis, Phil. I think it was like, <laughs> he sucks. No, he's great. No, he sucks. No, he's great. No, he's okay. No, no, he's not good. I really think it just it, it went from, it bounced from game to game. He was very exciting there for five minutes in his rookie season. Well, he had moments where he looked like he was going to be the real thing. He really yeah. did. Uh, unfortunately, then he'd turn around and have... A dog, uh, but he had so he he had that game in his rookie year against Cleveland, where, where he called it, I believe, his quote motivation game, and he played this great game. And you're like, okay, if this kid ever can translate that, but he never could. Amazing. All right, uh, Declan, yeah. you to self-report. I here. will. Quarterback, quarterbacks. Don't worry, Judd. You have another Wiggins take from the same year that'll be used for next Tuesday. Yes, so I'm that's a great find. Oh, I'm self-reporting. This is bad. It's baseball. Devoted Twins fans and followers. Oh no. Am I way off here, or would this be a legit trade? Alex Cobb for Aaron Hicks, Trevor Plouffe, Eddie Rosario, and Adam Walker. Oh, you said or. Or Adam Walker. Yeah. October 1st, 2014. Now, Alex Cobb at the time was pretty damn good for the race. Mm-hmm. And I believe he signed a big free agent contract, what, just two winners ago and hasn't really panned out at all. I know the Twins even kicked tires on that. He signed with the Orioles. But for me to offer possibly Aaron Hicks, who turned out to be a very good player, Eddie Rosario, who's a very good player, Ploof, who, I, whatever, you throw, throw him in there if you want. Yeah, I was going to say, Trevor would have been okay to and throw And also, and or Adam Walker, who I believe was playing for the independent ball Milwaukee Milkman uh-huh. just this last season. Was he? Yikes. Yes, he was. Love he was it. He was in the indie ranks. Chicago Milkman was... or Milwaukee, Milwaukee Milkman. You know what, yeah. though, Dex? You know what? I'm going to defend you here a bit by saying this. You you are the type of Twins fan who is who has rarely seen this team pull the trigger on an all-in type of trade for a guy like Cobb at the time. Right. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to laugh nearly as hard at this tweet as I did my own Wiggy tweet. So here's how this trade would have played out. And by the way, he is entering the third year of, oh my God. Yeah, he got paid. He's entering the third year of a $14 million a year contract that goes uh, through 2021. So it's a four-year contract. Here's how let's say, let's say that this would have happened if Dex's trade would have been okay. So Rosario would have been an absolute fleecing for Tampa because Rosario, as frustrating as he can be, he's been a great player for the Twins for the most part. Yep. Uh, Adam Walker, I think you would have you would have uh, Hicks and Plouffe were both sort of meh for the Twins. But here's what the Twins would have gotten out of Alex Cobb starting in 2015. A full missed season due to arm surgery. <laughs> Can't remember if it was Tommy John or shoulder or something else. Mm-hmm. And then nearly missing all of the 2016 season as well due to the same injury. He pitched five times in 2016 uh, to an 8.59 ERA. So you would have made that trade 
in October or November of 2014. And we would have been like, this is awesome. He would not have pitched for two full seasons. Not awesome. And then he would have come back in 2017 as just a mediocre, middle-of-the-rotation guy who can't get any strikeouts, which would have fit perfectly with the yes. 2000. 15, 16 twins. But you know pitches. what? It would have been a splash move for young Declan. It would have been. Yep. So there it is. Old tweets exposed. Nobody is safe. No one's safe. Here on Mackie and Judd. All right. Pat, have you ever bought a used car, driven it off the lot, and had, like, the muffler fall out after five innings? I mean, after five minutes? Uh, Rich, no, Rich Hill, 10-day no. injury list with a yeah, shoulder Yes, problems. right. And uh, only three of the projected five starters are now uh, out of action, right? Uh, well, four if you count Michael Pineda, if you want to Yeah, well, that's that true. That, well, then he probably would have replaced somebody else. But uh, uh, Rocco assured us uh, before the game that he'd, he'd, he'd been out playing catch, and he looked pretty good. <laughs> but we had to put him on the DL. And then after the game, they had to put him on the DL. Anyway, uh, 16 pitchers might not be enough. <laughs> And they're very worried because they have to go down to uh, they have to go from thirty players to twenty eight starting Friday. Is it? Yeah, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, yes. Friday. I, I, the season started on a Thursday, and it's yeah. twenty. Maybe maybe it's Thursday. I don't know. But anyway, it's pretty soon. Yes. Uh, so uh, Homer uh, Odo, but uh, I think we think Odo's coming back. Right? Odo might pitch maybe next Kansas weekend. City. This uh, this week weekend, Rocco said maybe and maybe this this weekend, weekend against the Royals. Well, yes. You know, as long as you got Tyler Duffy and Taylor Rogers, and then whoever the hell all these other guys are, uh, Cody Stashak, he's unhittable. Uh, Sergio with uh, that uh, whatever the hell he's throwing, it uh, he's unhittable. And Clippard is, uh, you know, he'll give you an inning or two. More, so. more bullpen games? Is that what you're saying? More openers? Is that what you want to see? Uh, so what? Uh, the the you know Dobnik now becomes important, right? He's your number three starter right now. Yes, yes, he yeah. is. And how come Smeltzy isn't a starter? Um, I, I I feel like Smeltzy's smoke and mirrors oh, works after two or three innings. Yes, yeah, he maybe. might be an opener for three. Just innings. just wait, Pat. It's coming. So you He'll have be starting soon enough. you have actual starters for the two games in Pittsburgh. You got Dobnik and then Barrios again, right? Yes, yes. The, the next the next three starts are what? It's Barrios and then Dobnik. I think game one in Pittsburgh. Yes, and then who's pitching? And I think he named the third guy, and then we don't know. Uh well, the third guy would well, be... Well, Ma- Maeda's pitched. Ma- it's actually, oh, Maeda. Maeda. It's, it's Maeda. Barrios, Barrios today, right? Yes. And then Dobnik, and then Maeda, yes. and then... And then we have no idea. Figured it's out against neat that Dobnik gets to pitch in front of those yahoos from his hometown, though, but unfortunately, they can't be there. Uh, Phil Miller was talking yesterday that they would maybe get Dobnik on the Zoom before and ask... How many people would have you had here if they let him into the game? How many relatives and friends would have been here if uh, if you'd... Uh... They might sneak in. Yeah, Dad, right. might, Dad Dominic might sneak in, according to what those guys were saying in the yeah, press box. They, they might get him in a uniform or something. I, I believe, and boy, this tells you how great the, the short-term memory is. I think when I did my Dominic piece last year, I talked to the old man, who was a character. So, you know, I did talk to him, and he's, uh, you know, the... There's blue collars you can get that yep. collection, just like you. And right, we had the wedding in a barn, right? Yes. Last year we had the big he left wedding. to go. Yes, we had a when the season in some ended. type of barn. Yeah, yeah, and and they and it was held the last weekend of the season, right? Right. Yeah, not a lot of faith in his his wife might not have trusted him to become a major league pitcher. <laughs> he had no idea he was going to be here no. by then. No, she didn't. And Rocco's like, okay, go ahead and go, whatever. Yeah. 
Sure. Uh, one of the finest pitchers in the history of Alderson Brodus University, too, which is, uh, uh, you know, one that I'd never heard of until I found out that uh, this guy pitched for him. And it's a D2. And in fact, he pitched, and I still haven't found the game, but I think his last ever appearance was against Mankato. Was against uh, Man- Minnesota State Mankato in the playoffs, and they, I th- I think Mankato beat him two to one or something, and then that was the end of his college career, I believe. I, I'd have to check that, but I know they played Mankato, and uh, you know, in in the Division Two playoffs. Pat, do you think there was any point last night? And I get that he can just look at his bank account and and, and nullify this argument, but. Was there any point last night as Derek Shelton watched his relievers completely melt down and throw balls to the backstop for four innings that he thought, you know what, maybe I just go back to that <laughs> Twins bench and? Well, I uh, I assume he was uh, hired with the understanding that as bad as we are now, we're probably going to trade Josh Bell and, yeah. and a couple of these other guys too because they had an anonymous collection. And uh, how about of the nine guys, I honestly really didn't know. How, how about the center fielder, uh, the kid who used to be a shortstop, and they're trying to turn him into a center fielder? Yep. Woo! He runs worse routes than Jake Cave. And uh, the that's Ke- what was he thinking on the Kepler ball? Uh, I, the double by Kepler. He had no clue. No, I, I looked like me. I was I was driving home when that happened, but he apparently oh. he apparently froze. Came in a step or two, and then froze, and then went back. Xavier Rhodes, circa 2019, <laughs> did a better job covering receivers than good old Cole Tucker did last night in center but field. That's uh, that's a uh, that's an amazing win because they looked as flat and uninterested as you could possibly get, and and Derek Holland. Uh, another uh, another interesting night of plate umpiring, though. Oof. Yeah, these guys are struggling. The ones we've seen at Target Field God, the last almighty. few games. Now this is a new crew, right? Yes, but they finally uh, swapped out. The, the last crew was terrible. But yeah, man, alive. This, I mean, there were some buried pitches that weren't called. John Tumpain, I believe. Who? John Tumpain. Oh yeah, he's been around a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had the was, plate last night, and he, he was not good. He was not good. No, they're having uh, they're uh, they're making that robot umpire look better and better. <laughs> so uh, I know that you disagree. Judd and I actually agreed on uh, on this, and I know that you disagree. So we'll give you your your floor to argue. And this is the fun part. Now we're sitting here, and we didn't have sports to talk about for four months, and now we can have arguments about whether the Pirates made the right choice not walking Nelson Cruz with first base open. Where Judd and I landed on it, Pat, was once there's runners on second, third, and one out, the game's over anyways. So you're either choosing Nelson Cruz to uh, – you're, you're basically hoping that Nelson Cruz pops up so that you're giving your wild relievers a chance to maybe walk a guy and not end the game. Yes, well, he obviously was afraid Birdie would walk Sano, but I got to walk Nelson Cruz because I know that if I can throw four strikes in out of six – out of seven pitches – Miguel's going to strike out. He'll foul one off, and then he'll strike out. And that's he'll he'll he can't hit a fastball. He cannot hit a fastball. Uh, Derek Holland was throwing it back him uh, a little below the nipples at ninety two yesterday, and he was late as you can get. He, he was, can he was late. That's true. He cannot get to the fastball right now, and uh, but Birdie they had him throwing way too many breaking pitches. Don't you think, Bill? Uh, Birdie, yeah, they, what, yeah. Those, he, I think why his, they why don't they make him throw a strike 
or two with the fastball and then worry about the slider. I've never seen a more exasperated catcher in the, than one of those innings. Where By the way, he was not good, too. No, he struggled. Yeah. Well, he's another guy you never heard of, Stallings. Yes. But, uh <laughs> I, I, I couldn't blame him for many of them. I like the one that got by that was to his right there. That thing was throwing 98. What was the throw to first, though, where, where he chucked it down the line and it was a completely unnecessary attempt to get the guy at it? So it's just like, calm well, down. You're, you're, you're playing, you know, double-A prospect. Yeah, it doesn't double matter. Double-A yeah, guys, you're playing double-A guys. And, uh, yeah, they've uh, – I got a hunch that uh, – uh, Pittsburgh's pretty fully back to being a Steelers town and a Penguins. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. And <laughs> guess what? You've got if if you're Rock One Twins, you've got ten left against the Royals. Still, this in is the fact, greatest schedule Pittsburgh, in the history of schedules. But Pittsburgh should have said when the Blue Jays they wanted to play there. They said, "Can we keep them?" <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> At least the Blue Jays got some young guys that look so, like players. So, you know? how about this with the twin schedule? So once they're done, they they play Pittsburgh. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, three more the rest of the week. They play you know the two at PNC Park. So starting this Friday, the Twins play only the Royals and the Brewers until August twenty fourth. <laughs> so three straight weeks they play only the Royals. You and can't the Brewers. miss the playoffs. <laughs> you have to decline the invitation. Well, now that it's top sixteen, yeah, yeah I know. Can't miss the playoffs. By the way, my mighty Whiteys have won five in a row. Have you seen that? Yes, they're, I have. They're yeah. starting to play and, better. And Cleveland can't score. And uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the Brew Crew uh, with uh, some of the fellas. Uh, Lorenzo Cain decided not to play, and Braun hasn't been playing right. Uh, it's been a couple did, years. He, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. Uh, he didn't quit yet because of Brian didn't quit. Right? No, but he's he, concerned about it, but he didn't quit. He didn't. Uh, yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah. The Brew Crew is. Uh, they've kind of you know they still got Yellich, but you look at that lineup right now. It's not as frightening as it was. Yeah. That's for sure. And they got a bunch of. You know what's amazing is the pitchers the teams are running out there, and the team still can't hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the yesterday. Uh, I don't know. Cleveland got some hits last night, so they might have went back over 200. But I looked up the batting averages. Now, you're playing six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, but there's six teams under 200 in oh, yeah. team batting average. You were right about that. Yeah. Absolutely right. I, I, think it's, I think it's as much philosophy as anything. Okay, I got one for you, Phil. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this. I was watching Brockmire the other day, which is pretty much a documentary on what baseball will look like 10 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but would you agree that analytics have made the game less watchable? I will say analytics have made the game more monotonous. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There, are, there are fewer layers to both basketball and baseball. I would even say it, go, it, it goes down to even like unique batting stances because these guys are tracking You're right. optimized. You know, what? How do you optimize your launch angle and spin rate? And can you do it standing like Mickey Tettleton did in the early nineties? <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Or Cal Ripken. So yeah, I, I think I, it has made the game. Uh, there's there's fewer layers to the game because of analytics. Yeah, and certainly basketball is uh, it, basketball is much easier to detect in that area because uh, you know if you if you take away uh, uh, what, uh, 15 feet of the court <laughs> all around in a semicircle, you take away 15 feet of the court where you don't want any shots taken, that kind of makes it a, a yeah. little monotonous, especially when there's, what, basically 28 feet of the offensive zone, right? Yeah. 28 feet? 
You know, that's, yeah. you don't want anybody shooting from beyond 28 feet, right? Right. Uh, so there's what? 28 feet. Not yet. There's 28 feet, and you're taking away half of that. Yeah. Yeah, you want guys shooting inside of eight feet, but not between eight and 22 feet. <laughs> yes, right. So that's four, <laughs> 14 of your 28 feet are gone. Yes. So you're right. But baseball is, uh, you know, the pitching you know, the, thank God for the you got to face three hitters uh, rule that, that has helped to some degree. That has made but it yeah, a little I think, bit more I exciting. Think monotonous yeah. is uh, is maybe a better word for it. Yeah, there's fewer outcomes. I mean, there's yeah. fewer the, the the outcomes are mostly piled into strikeouts, walks, and home runs. Overwhelmingly, um, I mean, in terms of like comparing it to ten or fifteen years ago, and I think a lot of the pitchers are the, the pitchers are looking at some of the same things too, and so they're trying to throw. 97 miles an hour up above the belt and then breaking balls down below the knees. And I, I think Odo and others have proven it doesn't have to be 97. It can be 93 if you get it in on them a little bit or you get them looking a little bit somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Sano right now. He's miss, He's not missing 96. He's missing 93. He's not on time on 93. Yeah, because they get in his head a little bit. The legend of him has been, oh, he chases that breaking ball. Well, uh, he chases it with two strikes, yeah. but that's not his problem. His, in fact, when you throw him a breaking ball, you're doing him a favor because you might hang it and then he'll hit home run. Yeah. Hey, can I bring up the? Uh, let's keep Pat in here. I want to bring up my my bubble scenario here. Okay. And see if I want to see what you guys think of this, because we sit here. The Twins have played. 10 games, right? They're 8 and 2 here on this Tuesday. There's the Phillies have played th- 3 or 4 games. The Marlins have played 3 games. The Cardinals haven't played in days. The Brewers haven't played in days. The yeah, Cardinals aren't going to play for a while. This is only going to continue to happen where you've got some teams who have played 10 extra games. I don't I just don't know what are we going to do? Is there going to be a minimum or are we going to have to bring everybody to get What are we going to do? Well, the well, the Marlins have a 660 Marlins have winning like percentage. like a new team, Pat. Huh? Yeah. They've they've got like a new team. They made like three trades, called up like ten guys. It's like an entire new team. Yeah. Yadi Molina just tested positive for COVID today too. Oh yeah, Ooh. the Cardinals. Are, Yadier, Yadier they're Molina gonna have did. to change their teams. That that's what they're doing. I think the Cardinals have tested positive for pretentiousness to their fan base over the years. <laughs> anyway, so all right, so here here's what I I posed this on Twitter on Sunday. Just I literally spent like three hours just like searching through different stadium options. Uh, so. I know that they initially, when when it felt like COVID was going to just derail April and maybe they'd be back in May, they said, well, if we're just going to be derailed for a few weeks, it's not too hot yet in Phoenix and Florida. We can go play there if we have bubbles in Phoenix and Florida. But then it started to linger on. (laughs) Well, and those are now the two. Correct. uh, (laughs) They're leading the nation. Right. And then they said, well, but if we have to play in Phoenix and Florida weather-wise in June, July, August, you can't play day games. And so it just becomes a pain in the ass. Hell, they're playing soccer games there in the day. But That is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And so my question was, did they explore any other bubble scenarios once they moved off of Phoenix and Florida? And what would it take? And this is the scenario I came up with with just my own internet research. So shoot it down as you guys wish. I think the best way to do it would have been three different bubbles, one of them in Southern California, one of them in the Chicago, Milwaukee area, and then another one in New York. So Southern California has three major league parks. I know traffic's kind of a pain, but there's three major league parks within like two hours, and you've got Lone Mart Field, which is an A-ball professional field if you need it for a fourth field. 
Milwaukee, Chicago, you've got within 90 minutes, you've got the two Chicago Major League Parks, and you've got the uh, the enclosed Miller Park if you want it. Plus, Geneva has an A-ball stadium for a fourth backup park if you need it. New York, you got the two Major League Parks. You've got AAA Trenton, which is only like 20 miles away. And, uh, and you got the one on uh, Staten Island, right? Staten the, Island, yeah. yeah and there's a co- there's a Coney Island pro field too. So the Brooklyn Cyclones, Brooklyn Cyclones, yep. play some like a Mets team, I think. So could you have found hotel clusters in Southern California, Chicago, and New York? And this is the only big pain in the ass here is you'd have to bus sometimes an hour every day mm-hmm. to get to these games, which yeah. you do you do during spring training, and you know the yeah. veterans don't always take those bus rides. And let's remember another positive about the pandemic: traffic has really been relieved all over the country. So yeah, that's, that's good. So I'm that's, not complaining. That's so, good. So, so could you <laughs> have parking in places we've pro, never parked before? You play games at noon and seven in the big league parks as much as you can. And you figure out the TV logistics. Well, you can I, still. I, that's I, what Pat wrote about. Mine the other day was Miller Park uh, for six teams, and uh, you play at uh, 11, 3.30, and seven. But you wrote why something. why they didn't yeah, do it, and you're right. FSN they they don't want day games. They want night games. Yeah. Right, and yes. there's thirty of them around. And Phil last year, one point eight billion from regional networks. And it was supposed to be over two billion this year for baseball, just as much as they get from national TV. Yeah, yeah, they get so, like one point two billion from national. That's TV why well. they did it, and it, it. I don't think it did. It ever have a chance to work? I don't think so. This one, yeah, I, I would know. still, I would still tell players one. When we travel, you're not going to leave hotels. They've, they did, they gonna, have finally said okay. that. They have and my other said thing that. is, I would tell teams like the Twins, you're renting the entire lows out for your team. And you're going to tell the players say goodbye to your families until we're done here. <laughs> and I don't give a damn. And so then the, the, the and we'll give we'll give Cruz the suite. Okay. And in my scenario here, I said, all right. So yeah, I'm answering some of these questions about well, what about the bus rides? Well, it sucks, but you got to you got to figure it out. Uh, what about rainouts? Well, that's why you have backup stadiums if you have to have extra games. Uh, what about players opting out? As Judd mentioned, well. That's okay. that's happening in every sport. Yes, it is. Well, they're opting out because they're sick. I mean, the next, Cardinals next all are opting out right now. But but like if Mike Trout opts out, yeah. well, I mean, all right. I yes. mean, you just you deal with it in 2020. Cardinals seem the last team that uh, I mean, all these. And what's the word? A Harrison Bader. They went to a casino well, somewhere. Kind of, well, they're it not. Sounds like it might have been staff members more than players. Oh, okay. Wow. You know, in Missouri, some type of you know, they got, riverboat they got casino, riverboat casinos yeah. in Missouri. So. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, there might be some people trying to find new jobs if it was staff members. Wow. Yeah. Well, Can you imagine that yeah, I just don't know. Sorry, how, Yachty. I don't, what do you do with a team that plays 35 games? Eliminate them. They have a winning percentage. Eliminate them. I mean, you, you, they're you, just out. Yeah. yeah there Too has bad. to be a low mark because right now the, the Marlins lead the league in winning percentage, basically. What's yeah. fair? Well, what's, not, well, not quite. What's but. fair of the 60 games? 40, 45? I don't think anything's fair. Well, no, it's 60. not. But, but I'm saying, what can you? I agree. I don't know. I mean, what's the percentage? I, I think you're going to have to go to a tournament format. Which, which, by the way, I'm fine with. You know, you're going to have to shut her down. Yes. September 1st, come back and have a tournament format. But you know what? All I care about is seeing baseball. I don't care who's playing. So if you do that, Pat, I'm absolutely fine with that idea well, for 2020. 16 teams is actually a tournament format anyway. Yes. But, uh, but let's just get know. there. Let's get there and play the tournament. And if you have to send teams home because they, they've got outbreaks like the Cardinals or Marlins, I also don't care. Just end their season. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it, you know, 
But the also the notion that you're going to be able to conduct a 16 team playoff at the end of the year, remote, not remotely, well, all all around. That's where the bubble idea, I think, actually should yeah. be should be implemented. Especially until TV. Sorry, and so especially if you somehow make it to like the last four teams in the championship series. Yeah. You should not be traveling and risking an outbreak with you know before game four of the ALCS or something. Hey, be in a bubble. I got to tell you this. Is this the ultimate moment for the Minnesota Timberwolves? We not, got not, you. Not being a we got your lose. Oh, yeah. We got your lose yeah, right. about to win the world championship. Yep. We got your links kiss kicking ass and taking names. We got the twins winning games. They shouldn't even have a chance to win. We got the Vikings starting up, and we got the Wild on their way to the Stanley Cup. Yep. <laughs> and these guys, our these guys, Too bad. they can't okay. even, are we even letting them you know, practice? You know what? That's not fair, because they're going to go to the consolation tournament in Chicago and I kick ass in they could, August. They got, that they're going to kick not ass in August. Is that happening? That is not happening. I saw a story in the Strip it's two days ago happening. saying they're still talking about it. Carl Anthony Towns is going to tell <laughs> oh, him to take a long walk off a short bleeping beer. But you know, do you think I'm showing up to play for 23rd place, you moron? D'Angelo Russell, the MVP of your consolation tournament. <laughs> yes. He's not playing either. He's not playing either. How many guys are going to opt out of the battle for 23rd? Do you know how you opt out of the NBA's consolation tournament? Like this. Yes. Right. Unbelievable. Hey, Ryan Gerson, Here's it, a middle finger. I'm is, opting out. It is Timberwolves. Timberwolves, absolute zenith of the explanation <laughs> of the Timberwolves franchise right here, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody's playing. Even the Saints are playing, for God's <laughs> sakes. Even the Saints, the Vikings, we're all worried about the Gophers. Do we got COVID or not? We're waiting in anticipation. These guys, and the thing is, not only are you off the radar now, they're not going to start the next season till Christmas. You know, you're Ooh. off the season. You're off the Christmas. You're off the radar from you're off the radar anyway, but you're yeah. off the radar from March fifteenth. Yeah, you just all wait. March fifteenth to December twenty fifth. You just right. wait, Timberwolves. You you just wait till a local cable access station shows the wolves and bulls on on August thirty first, and we start that exciting tournament. I told I told Judd this yesterday. I have been in contact with the man who can get the Knicks back to the playoffs and uh, hope to have a column in a couple of weeks. You think you like appetizers? Tom Thibodeau doesn't just like appetizers. He f***ing loves them. We're looking to add wings. Wings! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small wings. Calamari. Mozzarella sticks. Spinach and artichoke dip. I cannot write late to write that column. The man who took the Timberwolves to the playoffs yeah. is back. Oh. Hey, by the way, how about Jimmy Butler's not playing and nobody knows why? Yeah, what the hell is anybody happened there? He tried to sneak a nameless jersey on. Right, too, the and they made day. him put it. But yeah. why did he leave the team? Do we know? 
you can't be mad. They're all his pals. I thought they're playing. They were playing. He's, Jimmy Butler, Pat. He, he's an odd guy. He's a mysterious guy. You know, one of the great franchises that's going around right now, the Raptors. They lose Kawhi, and they're, they're still beating that, everybody. That they're, Nick Nurse must be uh, some type of magician. Yes, they are. Everybody's trying to hire him too. Yeah. All right, Pat. Good uh, catching up. We'll uh, see you tomorrow. All right. See you, Royce. Right. So you can find Royce Unchained podcast. Royce on baseball as part of the Squirrel Twins show. Uh, go Timberwolves. That's right. All right. Write that down. Predictions tomorrow. That's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. Find our daily Vikings conversations on the Purple Daily podcast. See you guys. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.